0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station.
1: Listening to the morning run, and it's time now for the SM show. This is the show that's all about what's working and what's not in stocks and markets. I'm Melissa Idris, with me, Julian Ng. And today we're going to talk about the opportunities in the small and mid cap space on Bursa Malaysia. Joining us is Ian Jung, a business development director with Red Center, which is an FMB spec or a special purpose acquisition company. Now, Ian was previously a stockbroker and has been a long time market watcher and investor. Now, before we start, I'd just like to caution you that stock investing can be quite risky and BFM is not making any direct recommendations to you to buy or to trade stocks. So, should you choose to do so, please do your homework and seek professional advice before you trade in the stock market.
0: So, the topic that we're going to talk about is whether there'll be a bull run in the small to mid-cap space in the market. And uh, Ian, tell us, what are some of the themes that you're looking at as far as this is concerned?
2: Okay, uh, thank you, Julian. First thing is ringgit. It has been under pressure for a long time. Okay, And the two years that uh, we've had a weak ringgit, manufacturers have had time to get used to it. So I think once you have actually priced that in, uh, when you talk to them, they want a stable ringgit. doesn't matter if it's weak or strong or whatever, as long as it's stable. So I think it's stabilised now. Perhaps it could even strengthen. Okay, that's number one. And secondly, uh, we had three actually very bad years of earnings. So it looks like our manufacturing side, we actually got our act together. So earnings-wise, especially in the last quarter of uh, 2016, you could see the earnings that we actually turned around. Uh, Looking at that, I expect the first quarter of FY17 to be much better.
0: Okay, if we go back to the ringgit, we know that because the ringgit has been bashed down, but uh, the play on the exporters have also been uh, very good in the last uh, one or two years. Is this a play that has already been done and dusted? And how do you see the movement of the ringgit benefiting the rest of the market, uh, not involving the exporters? Because that's in the price, right? Oh,
2: I'm not too keen on the export side, but mainly on the whole economy. So you can see actually the whole, all the numbers have actually improved. You look at uh, net profits for the last quarter of two thousand six. Net profits up six point four percent year on year. Sales up four point eight percent. And and these are
0: actually good numbers. So you are know, saying that the Malaysian companies will rebound from this weak ringgit because of improved efficiency and uh, a case of getting used to the the getting weak, used to it. The volatility. So once of the it's ringgit.
2: stable, so you can actually compute your profits, pricing. So all those things really matter. I remember once I went to to one of the top, club producers, and he says, "Doesn't matter whether it's weak or strong, all I want is something stable." All yeah, want, because yeah.
0: they're in a position to manage the foreign exchange volatility in exactly. house on their own. Yes. I mean, it will be a bad day for the world if corporations around the world have to be beholden to the movements of foreign exchange currencies, right? What um,
2: they're worried about is volatility, Exactly. and that really scares them. Yeah, and, and that presupposes.
0: Yeah. The view that the ringgit will be stable going forward? I mean, um, I, we speak to a lot of people about uh, the ringgit levels, and many of them actually say that the ringgit would weaken, or at least at the very basic, they would say that it's hard to predict where the ringgit is going to go. But you feel that the ringgit will stay stable? I
2: love levels? it, and everyone thinks the same thing ringgit will weaken, you know, everything is going haywire hey, here. But it doesn't look that bad, you know? I mean, I'm amazed people love to go to, to invest in Myanmar hey, but Malaysia is better than Myanmar, you know? So why don't we invest here? We've got infrastructure, you know? So I think it's a brilliant place.
0: You also mentioned earlier that the performance of the market has been very poor over the last three years, three consecutive years of negative performance.
2: Yeah, the earnings have been so poor. You, I didn't realise until I read this a Credit Suisse report, you know. We've had, what, three, three bad years, you know, since, and... and things only started improving in the last quarter of 2006. So, so, so is
0: this a case of reverting to the mean? Possibly. You, you can't, can't leave rally yes. in
2: place coming up, possibly. Okay. But a lot of these things happen when people least expect it. Look at Trump's win. You know, I mean, now we've got 21,000 on the Dow, you know, really. It's, who would have thought so? I mean, all the experts thought is the market is going to to tank, you know.
0: Yeah. And people were talking about Dow 20,000 for such a long time, and today it's Dow 21,000. Um, oh,
2: close to it, yeah. yeah. I um, went past and now it's below. Yeah. It uh, wouldn't
0: be long before people start talking about Dow 30,000, right? What do you think?
2: Or even uh, KLCI, 2,000, two, two, two you know. People yeah. are predicting what, what is one, one seven one
0: seven today. 2,005, who knows? I mean, all you need... Are these are these just numbers that traders and investors, speculators, pluck out of thin air, or um, is there really some fundamental basis for the KLCI, for example, going past two okay, thousand?
2: I talk to Chinese corporates. Okay, they, they love Malaysia, mm-hmm. and, and they're and, also and
0: investing a lot in Malaysia. But that's mainly on the they haven't The, G2G, yet. the money hasn't the come side. in. The plan is there, you know. Okay, but that's yeah. that's G to G, right? Would it filter down of course, to the stock It will it
2: will. I mean I see big money coming. And I I I get queries from from uh this Chinese corporation that, that I'm very close to. They said, What can we invest in in Malaysia? They love tech. But then again I was thinking Malaysia not exactly Cutting-edge tech.
0: Mm. Is this company that you speak to representative of the Chinese view? Because there are two kinds of investment. One is FDI, and the other one are actual stock market investments.
2: It's FDI. Okay, yes, it's yes. FDI. I'm it's just FDI. wondering whether
0: the spate of announcements of the Chinese coming in to invest in Malaysian projects, whether that would filter down efficiently to the stock market, listed companies in the it stock It should.
2: Could be a major theme as well. China, I mean, it is already. Look at IWC. There's, there's some Chinese money there. So there'll be a lot of uh, in the construction side, perhaps in the, the bit on the banking's finance side, you know that sort of thing.
0: Okay, before mm. we move into some of the specific stocks that you like, what are some of the other themes that are worth following in Malaysia?
2: Tourism is a very obvious one, mm-hmm. you know, Julian, and also PNB and restructuring. Ah, Only PNB P- a lot of is going. Look at IWC, IWH. Mm-hmm. There's one major one.
0: Why is that like this? trigger for restructuring what is causing that
2: I believe that existing structures are not very efficient so why not restructure
0: you remember that uh, 10 years ago when Syme Darby was restructure Synergy restructure, Drive Synergy number. Drive and CIMB, CIMB, CIMB yeah. did that right um, <laughs> yeah. and now they are undoing, undoing that. that what do you think yeah. of that what do you think of Um, how sometimes uh, companies do things that uh, the rest of the investors don't really understand. You know, in the first place, 10 years ago, you consolidate and now you deconsolidate.
2: I always thought that it's actually best to have a cluster of companies. You know, you don't see Berkshire Hathaway consolidating all the businesses and putting under one guy running it, Warren Buffett running it, because everyone is specialist in their own areas. So the guy in plantation, who's got plantation, should be managing the plantation group. The one in auto should be managing the auto side. If you put everyone under one huge group without any areas of responsibility, accountability, I think they're going to big trouble there. Mm-hmm.
0: You know? And mm-hmm. when you talk about the theme of P&B restructuring, are you talking about direct plays or do you think that um, other stocks would jump on the bandwagon as well?
2: Well, we're going to see definitely more greater value to, to me. Than I, I think you're going to unearth a lot of gems in the Saim Darby group.
0: Are you looking to buy into Saim Darby right now? Oh, and definitely. The I think
2: Saim Darby looks very interesting. You
0: mm-hmm. know, From what standpoint?
2: Yeah, yeah. The sum of the parts is actually greater than the much, existing much price, than price than now, this. you know, when it's in the open market. yeah.
0: Shouldn't investors already start to bid up Saim Darby's oh, price?
2: Oh, I, I believe it has. I think Saim Darby yeah. is actually... Gone up by what? 12, 13% ever since they actually announced it. So
0: is it too late yeah. to get into Saim Dabi now?
2: I wouldn't want to buy it myself, okay? But, but I'll look at some of the other stocks, seriously, in the PNB stable. Uh, if you can ask me which ones, I've not done a... UMW. UMW, all in gas, there's a restructuring there. Yeah. There's also yeah. news
0: from the Edge Weekly that speculates that PNB is a common shareholder of UMW and SIMW. So there might be a merger of sorts there for an autoplay. But SIMW has come out to deny it.
2: They have to deny it.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> they have
2: to. Like you asked me a red set, I have to deny it. You know what's happening? Is, you know, I mean, they can't be saying, "Hey, you know, we are going ahead, and you can buy our shares now." That sort of thing. No way. You know, this is the corporate world. You know, I mean, they get into big trouble every day. They 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 let the cat out of the bag at this juncture. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, I was thinking, not the UMW oil and gas, then IWC, IWH. When I speak to people in Singapore that are on the investment banking side, they say, "You Malaysians, you have a lot of gems, you know. Companies like Kasing, Chintek, Oriental Holdings. Hey, brilliant for restructuring, you know." They think that uh, there's so many uh, opportunities, more than Singapore. Well, if know.
0: only they vote with their money and bring all their money in to push up our markets.
2: Because the, these are family control, and, and and unless or until they see something... In Singapore, you have a lot of uh, very active shareholders, okay? They, they take these guys to task, you know? They're always unearthing and trying to, to maximize value. And I think there's a lot of opportunities here.
1: You're listening to The S&M Show and Julian is talking to Ian Young, Business Development Director at Red Sena, about the opportunities in the small and mid-cap space. More on this topic just after the break, so stay with us right here on The Morning Run, BFM 89.9. Good morning, you're listening to The SM Show. The show that's all about what's working and what's not in stocks and markets. I'm Melissa Idris with Julian Ng this morning and Ian Yung, an ex-stockbroker and currently Red Center's Business Development Director. And he's here to talk to us about his views on the possible themes in the small and mid-cap space.
0: Ian, we talked about some of the major themes that would be running through the market this year. We have the ringgit rebounding, we have the extreme weakness of the Malaysian market, which has underperformed and provided negative returns for the last three years. You also mentioned some construction themes as well as a restructuring theme that is triggered by the restructuring of the PNB group of companies, including Tham Dhabi. Now, what are some of the specific stocks that you're looking at to play into such themes?
2: I love stocks that no one covers, you know. Buffett speaks, it says that there's a margin of safety there. Look at IWC, no one gave it a time of day three months ago, and now today is, what, up to 120% since then. Okay, I'm looking at West Coast Expressway. By the way, before going on, I do own certain of these stocks, and, and uh, that that's my disclaimer clause there. Okay. okay. So, West Coast Expressway is actually controlled by IJM, and West Coast Expressway owns eighty percent of this highway, which is about three hundred sixteen kilometers, uh, which will be from Banting in Selangor to Taiping. That's three hundred sixteen kilometers, the second longest highway. Market cap one point three billion as we speak. The highway will be completed in two zero nine. Mm. They're going to spend seven billion to build this highway. You know, if there's any construction. Uh, I would put the IGM in the to to me top three uh, best managed construction company in in Malaysia. Very competent, very well managed construction company. I've been following IGM for the past twenty five years. So total cost of the highway is seven billion. The government has extended a soft loan of two two point two billion to West Coast Expressway, and on top of that, there's an interest subsidy of three percent from commercial loans for the next twenty two years. And the concession period for this bill-operate transfer is for 60 years. I mean, I wish the government gave me this sort of deal, you know, really. <laughs> and, and it's going for 123B. To, to me, it's a brilliant deal. Talking of deals, it's very conceptual. So, of course, a lot of things can go wrong. That uh, There could be construction delays and all that. But so far, with IGN and helm, it gives me a lot of comfort. My view is uh, this second longest highway in Malaysia, yeah. as we speak. We're going to complete in 2009, and with a current market, 1.3 billion, I think it's a steal.
0: So, okay, uh, what about some other stocks that you're looking
2: at? Petra Energy, I like oil and gas. I think that uh, it's been bashed down. Uh, oil and gas, uh, capex has been, well, down to zero for the past two years, okay? So, when when oil and gas price rebounds, I know it uh, uh, recently it took a dip, I like something with a bulletproof balance sheet. And uh, if I'm going to take a bet oil, I guess I'm going to look at Petro Energy.
0: Yeah. Uh, what other stocks are you looking at?
2: Looking at Syntex. Something is not exactly small cap, market cap, about 3 billion. But this company generates a lot of cash. they are talking about 300 million per annum, you know? And, and uh, ROE of t- 22%. And currently trading at 12 times earnings. To to me, it's, it's a fantastic company, you know, third largest industrial packaging company in the world, or was it fourth? Doesn't matter. Brilliantly managed by by P J Lim, Some I know very well, and I trust him, you know. Uh, okay, the other ones would be 3A Resources, one of the largest producers of li- liquid caramel, caramel color. They do food ingredients. Okay, maltodextrin. Yeah,
0: liquid caramel.
2: Liquid caramel. Coca-Cola, liquid caramel there. Soy sauce, you know, caramel. So these are things where I feel that uh, technology will not replace, you know. It's bulletproof, you know, from from the tech standpoint.
0: What do you think about the health aspects that people are now beginning to be more aware of, the health effects of what they consume? At this
2: moment, caramel and maltodextrin and uh, what they do, glucose syrup, soy protein sauce, I don't think they would be affected. I I think the major one would be sugar, where uh, the the authorities are saying worldwide, say, you know, cut back on sugar.
0: I mean, if people stop drinking soda, stop drinking Coke or at least they are consuming less of that. Would you say that demand for this kind of liquid caramel products would be affected as well? Good
2: point, good point. But I expect it to be compensated by the maltodextrin. It flies off the shelf, so to speak, because maltodextrin is used. 3A produces medical-grade maltodextrin, which is actually used in baby formula, in in 3-in-1.
0: Maltodextrin is used in everything, a lot of uh, food and beverage uh, products and uh, anything in the property yeah. sector because they've had a very challenging few years.
2: Yeah, uh, Matrix Concepts. Okay, I know it's going against. Uh, it's actually the least loved sector, residential properties. But Matrix Concepts is amazing. Dividend yield of five point five percent, PE of what eight times. Beta equity of twenty three percent and you've got a GDV of 13 billion, you know. I'm from Sramban, and let me tell you this. The town has actually shifted from the old place to actually where Bukit Sendai and where where, where Matrix Concept, Sramban 2, where where they're based. It's amazing the amount of work they've actually put in, a lot of thought put in. Brilliant. I think Datuk Lee, the major show, the MD, is someone... Who I, well, I really look up to him. Fantastic manager.
0: Yep. And no doubt, some of the transportation project like the high speed rail would also help. Oh, definitely, help. Brilliant. Yeah.
2: brilliant, Julian. Yeah, but uh, this will take perhaps uh, another what seven, eight years. But uh, Sarum properties are trading what, uh, selling at uh, 60, 70, uh, 40, 50 percent discount to to Kuala Lumpur. To, to Kuala Lumpur. So. A lot of people travelling from Strombund and and uh, I think that uh, matrix, excellent value.
1: That was Ian Jung, who's a business development director at Red as well as a keen investor. And that's all the time we have for the SNM show today. We've got news coming up at the top of the hour with Enterprise shortly after. I'm Melissa Idris with Julian Ng for The Morning Run, BFM 89.9.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast.